This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. 7.36 a.m. You are listening to The Morning Run on this rather lovely Tuesday morning on the 27th of February. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with uh, Philip C. Let's turn our attention uh, to the poultry industry. Asia holds a significant position in the global broiler and egg industry as it is home to around 63% of the world's commercial laying hens. However, a concerning reality accompanies this dominance. It's estimated that the vast majority majority of them are confined in battery cages where the space available to each hen is less than the size of an A4 paper. In an attempt to measure the progress of countries in shifting towards cage-free farming, the Open Wing Alliance, a coalition of 100 animal protection organizations, released the Asia Cage-Free Benchmark. The report assessed 17 countries and found that Malaysia ranked equal lowest alongside Bangladesh and Vietnam, while New Zealand scored the highest. So how can we drive substantial substantial changes in our cage-free transition and what are the implications on human health? For more insights from the report, we have on the line with us Jonathan Tree, Director of Campaigns and International Affairs at the Environment and Animal Society of Taiwan. They are a member of the Open Wing Alliance. Jonathan, good morning. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, Let's start off with understanding uh, how the report is compiled. Could you provide us some broad examples on the criteria used to assess the performance of countries in terms of their industry shift towards cage-free farming? Good morning, and thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the first time that the benchmark has been uh, published, and the benchmark looked at 17 countries across Asia um, and used 31 criteria to assess countries in three areas. So those areas were the progress that has been made in each country towards ending cages. So these include things like bans on cage systems or policy targets to boost the transition away from cages. Uh, the policy measures that countries are using to encourage the transition. So these might be things like mandatory labeling so consumers can tell how eggs were produced or technical training and support for farmers. And lastly, it looked at welfare standards um, for the hens that are raised in cage-free systems. Um, So this ensures that consumers and companies can have certainty um, that hands in cage-free systems are able to fulfill their basic needs and engage in natural behaviours. Let's deep dive on the results now. 17 countries were assessed. New Zealand ranks first in the benchmark, while Bangladesh, Malaysia, Vietnam ranked the lowest. What were the biggest differences and similarities across these countries in the welfare of laying hands? In terms of similarities, I think we can see that um, most of the top-ranked and lowest-ranked countries included basic welfare standards for laying hens, such as requiring adequate feed and water or a comfortable thermal environment for hens, so a comfortable temperature that avoids heat stress. Um, But in terms of the top performing countries and where they really um, outperformed other countries in the benchmark, um, they've all taken concrete steps to phase out cages for laying hens. Mm. Um, So they have some kind of ban or phase out enacted that will see the entire industry move away from cages. Um, So these are countries, for example, New Zealand, Australia, Bhutan. What explains, I suppose, the the lagging? Why are most Asian countries lagging behind in shifting towards uh, cage-free systems? You know, what do you see as the challenges for countries to do so? Is this down to a matter of wealth and resources or is it just awareness? 
So I think this is a newer issue in uh, many countries in Asia, for example, where I'm located in Taiwan. Um, and I think many countries are just starting out on their journey to go cage-free. Um, so that's why I think the benchmark really lays out a clear roadmap and policy framework um, and the policy measures that countries can take to start guiding the industry um, step by step to start making this transition. Um, so I think in terms of some of the countries, um, some of the challenges that countries face, it really does come down to whether there has been orderly policy measures in place to slowly build up um, the industry, consumer awareness, um, and guide the industry transition. And uh, overall in the benchmark, there wasn't a direct correlation between a country's wealth and how it performed in the benchmark. So we had Bhutan coming in fourth place in the benchmark, while wealthier countries um, such as Singapore and Japan placed uh, quite low in the benchmark rankings. Mm. Mm. Let's just focus on Malaysia. You know, How can we do better and where do we start? As a first step, I think Malaysia could look at defining welfare standards for laying hens on cage-free farms. Um, this helps to provide certainty to consumers and companies that are purchasing cage-free eggs that uh, they're really genuinely providing uh, the welfare, higher welfare for these animals. And from there, I think uh, introducing policy measures to encourage the transition in the industry. So this could be training or subsidies for farmers, uh, mandatory labeling on packaging to make it easier for consumers to shop in line with their values, um, government-funded research on cage-free systems in Malaysia. Um, and in Malaysia, we have already seen well-known companies that have started to make strides on this issue by committing to phase out their sales of cage-free eggs. So we have big, uh, well-known household names such as Nestle, Unilever, Burger King, and Jollibee that have all set policies to source only cage-free eggs globally, mm. including in Malaysia. Um, and last year we had Midden and Old White Coffee uh, that both announced that they would gradually remove cage eggs from their shelves in Malaysia. One of and the... Are... Oh, continue, Jonathan. Oh, apologies. I was just going to say that uh, organisations in Malaysia and also across Asia have also been pushing for McDonald's to follow suit with this trend. So it certainly gives a push when consumers are asking for uh, suppliers and restauranters and, uh, I guess, corporations to uh, use cage-free hens or, or, or sell cage-free hens. Uh, one of the things I was wondering, actually, is because when we buy eggs off the shelf, we, we rarely think of uh, where it comes from or what, what it takes to make it. Uh, why do you think the public should be concerned about how farmed animals are treated? I mean, is there an impact on human health that perhaps we're not accounting for when we do our shopping on this? Absolutely. I think animal farming is really intrinsically um, connected to public health. Um, and this has been acknowledged by organizations from the World Organizations for Animal Health um, right up to the United Nations. So globally right now, three quarters of emerging infectious diseases are zoonotic. So that means they're transmitted from animals to humans. And over 36% of these are associated with animals kept for food production. Uh, in addition to this, animal farming is responsible for an estimated 70% of global antibiotics consumption and is a key driver of antimicrobial resistance. So uh, we know that improved animal welfare can reduce disease, injuries and infections on farms, which reduces the need for antimicrobials. So basically, if we as a society and as consumers want to re reduce the risk of pandemics in the future, 
and ensure that the medicines that we rely on continue to work, then it's really essential that we change the way that we treat animals mm. farmed for food. And that's why actually government policy is very key, isn't it? And so that's why the question here is, how crucial is the role of government here in implementing these systemic improvements then? I think government action is absolutely critical. Um, consumers and companies need to have certainty and no one know what to expect when they buy cage-free eggs. So it's really important that the government has clear standards for the industry that that provide that confidence. And I think governments, yeah, they, they do have a really key role to play in encouraging the industry to transition, um, including through those measures I mentioned earlier included in the benchmark. Um, so when we look at a country like New Zealand, um, when they first introduced their phase out of battery cases in 2012, over 86% of all eggs produced in New Zealand were produced in battery cages. Um, and that transitioned from 86% down to a complete phase out of the system within a decade. So it's, you can really see the importance of, of government leadership on this question. Mm-hmm. And speaking of, I guess, government regulations and and really in terms of definitions, Jonathan, what can you tell us about uh, how standardized regulations are in the region when it comes to labeling what counts as free range, for example? I think we had a listener just WhatsApp in asking uh, what would free free range uh, egg, what what are the criteria that determines that? Yeah, so the benchmark found real, a real diversity of um, and a real lack of consistency across the region. I think for free range, generally, we would be looking at having sufficient outdoor space for the hen to move around, as well as being able to fulfill its natural behaviors. So these are things like um, perches. There need to be sufficient perches for the hen to, to roost on, and um, especially at night for the hens, each hen to roost on. Um, for hens to dust bathe, so this is the hen's way of cleaning themselves, um, showering dust through their their wings and and removing parasites and um, yeah insects. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's quite cute when you see it in person. Um, and being able to forage, um, so having that that freedom to roam and and forage and explore. So these are things that are unable to be fulfilled in cage systems, mm-hmm. um, and that. Uh, for example, a free-range standard should include. Um, but in Malaysia, we see that currently these these uh, there are no standards for uh, these requirements. Jonathan, thank you very much for speaking to us. That was Jonathan Tree, a director of Campaigns and International Affairs at uh, the Environment and Animal Society of Taiwan, uh, talking to us about the Open Wing Alliance's report on um, uh, caged-free hens uh, in Asia. Lots of interesting insights there, uh, bringing a perspective that I don't think we ever really think about when we eat eggs and chicken. It is, although I would say, if you look at my mom and older generations, they always talk about eating kampong chicken, oh, yeah. it being much healthier. So perhaps it's something that we've always adopted, but we've kind of missed it and forgotten it for some time. And can there be better ways of bringing that to the fore, right? Like yep. making kampong chickens premium uh, so that uh, it encourages uh, more people to, uh, uh, in the industry really, to change their practices. Uh, something to keep an eye on. It is 7.48 in the morning. We're going to head into some messages. Uh, and when we come back, We'll discuss how U.S.-China tensions are affecting smaller nations like Malaysia. Stay tuned to BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.